0: Hello, this is Eric, and I'm the host of the Rise and Fall of Pluto, when Pluto became a planet and then stopped being a planet. Thanks to Miss B for talking about this topic in class, which inspired me to pick this topic. It all started with Percival Lowell, a businessman, astronomer, and travel writer. He was born in 1854. It was maybe more famous because of his theory that there was an alien species that established agriculture on Mars. But, he was the first one to suspect that there was a planet beyond Neptune, and he called it Planet X, which is what we call Pluto today. He established the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona in 1894. There is a difference in the mathematically calculated orbit of Neptune and the actual orbit, so Lowell suspected that there was another planet, and he became obsessed with finding it. In 1905, his team focused all their efforts on finding this Planet X, and Lowell published a book called Memoir and the Trans-Neptunian Planet in 1915, and you can actually read that online. But sadly, Lowell died in November 1916, and he had not found a Planet X. But he left a legacy, and the astronomers at the observatory wanted to find the so-called Planet X. Now, let us transition into Clyde Tombaugh. Clyde was born in February 1906 in Streeter, Illinois. He started his love for astronomy when his uncle bought him a telescope as a gift. He became so obsessed with the telescope that when he finished high school and couldn't afford college, he studied astronomy on his own, and in 1926, he made himself a homemade telescope. He made more telescopes after that one. He grinded lenses and mirrors by himself to make telescopes. He gave himself such a good education that you wouldn't be able to tell based on his knowledge that he didn't go to college. Using his homemade telescopes, he made drawings of Mars and Jupiter and sent them to the Lowell Observatory for feedback on how accurate his drawings were. But, I kid you not, they were so impressed with his work that they offered him a job on a spot in astronomy, which he never formally studied. He was hired in 1929 to search for the mysterious planet X, which Percival Lowell suspected was beyond Neptune. This was tedious work, he a blank comparator, would say just two images of the same spot at different times, and astronomers would try to find subtle differences between these images. He had to spot differences in pages that had a bunch of white dots in them, this was incredibly hard. However, Tombaugh's work paid off one year later when he found Planet X. He found what they thought was the ninth planet, he found Pluto. After 25 years of work, one 24-year-old man with no formal education on astronomy found the Planet X. After only one year of work, the most meaningful thing I did this year was play video games. What about you? And most 24-year-olds are struggling financially and drowning in debt, and Clyde Tombaugh is making a groundbreaking astronomical discovery. After that, he got a PhD in astronomy and received the Jackson Gilt Medal from the Astronomical Society. After this, he continued to work at Lowell and discovered more heavenly bodies. Pluto got its name in 1930 from the 11-year-old girl Veneta Burney, who told her grandfather it should be called Pluto after the Roman god of the underworld. (music) 70 years went by and Pluto's status as a planet wasn't questioned, but that was about to change. It all started when Pamela Curtis went to the Hayden Planetarium. She started counting on her fingers. She was trying to remember the mnemonic her son had learned in school. She thought my very educated mother just served us nine pizzas. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. She had to go through the whole place to remember what was missing. She remembered it. Pluto. Pluto was not there. Nowhere, it doesn't say Pluto is a planet anywhere. This sparked massive controversy. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the director of the Hayden Planetarium got a lot of hate. He responded with, we wanted to create an exhibit that had a high shelf life. We looked around at the trend lines where things were headed in our solar system. What we found in the mid 90s was that researchers were discovering new objects in the outer solar system. Objects that were small like Pluto, Icy like Pluto, with elongated orbits like Pluto, and with tipped orbits like Pluto. And we thought to ourselves, maybe it's not that Pluto is the ninth planet. Maybe Pluto was the first object of a new class of objects that populates this outer zone of the solar system. At the time, there was no official definition for the word planet, so no one knew if Pluto was a planet. The whole discussion came to a head in 2003 when a team led by astronomer Mike Brown discovered a rocky world making its way around the sun beyond Pluto's orbit. It was roughly the same size as Pluto, but with a greater mass, and it was eventually named Eris. The question people were asking is Eris the 10th planet, or is Pluto not a planet anymore? The International Astronomical Union, or the IAU, set up a meeting in August 2006 to decide what is a planet, and should Pluto be one? They decided a planet has to have all of these characteristics. It has to orbit the sun, It can't orbit any other celestial body. Two, it has to have enough mass that gravity makes it a sphere. Three, it has to be massive enough that it completely clears its path around its orbit. By this definition, Pluto isn't a planet. It becomes a dwarf planet. It does not fit the third criteria. Pluto is in the Kuiper Belt, which is a ring that has numerous asteroids and dwarf planets. Pluto is 1,400 miles wide. That is half the width of the U.S. and is 3.6 billion miles from the sun and has five moons. New Horizons is a NASA space probe that passed Pluto in July 2015. One thing we learned about Pluto from this mission is that it has probably a vast underground liquid ocean. Another thing we learned is that Pluto was and may still be volcanically active maybe not volcanic in the way you might think on earth molten lava erupts from underwater fissures through volcanoes sitting miles high in and protruding from oceans like on hawaii but on pluto there are numerous indications that a kind of cold slushy cryolava has poured over the surface at various points cryolava can contain water ammonia and methane we learned that All of Pluto's moons that can be age-dated by surface craters have the same ancient age, adding weight to the theory that they were formed together in a single collision between Pluto and another dwarf planet in the Kuiper Belt long ago. We also learned that Pluto has almost no small craters. Finding craters on the surface of a dwarf planet is normal in space, but if there's one strange thing about a Pluto system, it's that it almost doesn't have any small craters. They're almost all big. That is surprising because, they, because there are fewer small craters than they expected, which means there's fewer small items in the Kuiper Belt. These results give us clues about how the solar system was formed. For the last segment, I'm going to answer a question one of my followers had. It is from Cooper at gmail.com. She asked, how many dwarf planets are there and what are they called? I will gladly answer that. There are actually five dwarf planets. The first one discovered was Ceres in 1806, which is the smallest. Originally, it was thought to be an asteroid, but it was changed to be a dwarf planet. The second one discovered was the aforementioned Pluto. It's the second biggest dwarf planet, and if you want more information on Pluto, rewind this podcast. The next one discovered is Eris in 2003, which is the biggest dwarf planet, and it was also mentioned earlier. The second newest one found was Haumea which was also discovered in 2003 and is egg-shaped. The newest one discovered is Makemake in 2005 and is the closest one to us because it's in the asteroid belt instead of the Kuiper belt. That is the history of Pluto, and that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to learn more, contact me at elevy.27 at tarboot.com. Bye.